World Europa presents Calling Europe, the first pan-European speed podcast. Welcome back to our pan-European speed podcast, everyone. I am your host, Karam, and today we're chatting with Dan Kniebrugge from Slovakia. Did I pronounce your name right, Dan Kniebrugge? Yes, very well. Thank you. <laughs> because we were, we, were, we were actually wondering about it because it's uh, it sounds German from the pronunciation. It's a German name. It is a German name. Do you speak German too? Uh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I spent some time in Germany, but uh, didn't really get into speaking. All right. Nice. So, how are you doing, Dan? I'm fine. Thank you. Cool. Good to hear. How's uh, how, how's Corona been for you? Um, I have to work on the home office uh, until the October, so I should be very anxious and lonely. But actually, I'm I'm happy to have my own time. That sounds amazing. All right. Um, and you're from, so your name is German, but you're from Slovakia, actually, or? Yes, 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 like that. Uh, there is many people in Slovakia and in Eastern Europe with German names. Interesting. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, so let's start with the first part of our podcast. The profile. Okay, so Dan, where in Europe do you live? Uh, I live in Bratislava in Slovakia. And what is your favorite place in Europe? The Europe itself. You're all of Europe. <laughs> Is there any specific place that you maybe uh, feel more comfortable, more cozy in that maybe reminds you of childhood places or whatever, a place that makes you dream or whatever? Uh, I feel I feel like home in uh, our Visegrad region, which is uh, four countries in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, uh, Poland and Hungary, because it feels like home. But I... Uh, the diversity is uh, what uh, I'm attracted to. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you. And when did you join Volt? I joined uh, in the end of the last year. And what is your job at Volt? Well, that's a complicated question. I will. I, I joined uh, the new chapter of Volt Slovensko, and I've been uh, part of the team. So my role was not really. Uh, recognized uh, uh, by some name. So I was doing everything that was needed. But the thing is, I recently left this chapter and I said, I'm going to be a part of Volt Europe and not part of the Slovak chapter because I really want to do Slovak politics, not as a politician, but as a assistant. And I couldn't do that from, from Volt Slovensko because uh, there is no leader and I don't feel uh, like a leader myself. So I said, I'm going to support another subject with very similar values as uh, Volt Europa, but I'm going to be like not part of any political movement in Slovakia. Okay, so just a short explanation for our listeners. Dan is a member and has been a member of uh, Volt for a while, and uh, now he's uh, leaving the local chapter of Volt uh, because Volt is always comprised of the local chapters and the European organization. He will remain part of the European organization, but at the same time will be working um, with another uh, a political organization in Slovakia, uh, which is aligned with Volt's values. The three questions. Okay, so let's move on to the core part of our podcast uh, with the trickier, more interesting questions. Question number one. So, Dan, why are you with Volt? I'm in Volt because I think uh, European Union is the most important thing that happened in the recent history. And uh, Volt is the answer of uh, problems that we are facing right now. Uh, like uh, people turning uh, their backs on the European Union. So I think we should 
bring the opposite uh, uh, narrative. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you very much for that answer. And um, that brings me to the next question, which is... Question number two. What is, in your eyes, the biggest challenge that Fold faces today? There are two big challenges that we need to focus on. The first is internal, uh, the burnout of our members and the structure, which is uh, very important because sometimes I have this feeling that we are just a bunch of students doing some project and it doesn't really matter, but we are actually doing politics and it should look differently sometimes. And the external is that uh, egos. Egos are usually the worst thing in the politics because the people want to present themselves instead of the ideas they are represent, uh, representing. Yeah, those are that. That was a really, really nice, really cool answer. Actually, I definitely can definitely align with that, um, especially the internal uh, part that you just named. Us being a volunteer organization um, where many people only work on Volt in their free time, and there's a lot of work to do. So, <laughs> it means for a lot of people that they really spend most of their free time doing only Volt, and um, that is definitely something that we need to address in some way or another. Question number three. Okay, so now we get, uh, we're getting to the third question, which was Xenia's question. Dan, I, I'd like to ask you, uh, what would you do to develop Vault in Eastern European countries? And what is your vision on the difference between uh, Eastern and Western Europe? Well, uh, I think Vault in uh, Eastern European countries needs to uh become a platform of already created uh, organizations with slightly different values, but uh, with the same, uh, same aim. Because uh, the oppositions or the parties that are pro-European are usually very fragmented. So we need to uh, enter already created structures. Otherwise, we can't succeed. And uh, just out of curiosity, why, so um, why why do you think that we would not uh, succeed, or why, or just for clarification, maybe give some background for the listeners? In Eastern Europe, uh, since uh, the communism has ended here, many many uh, new parties has have been created. Many hopes were were brought and uh, failed. So people don't trust uh, to new subjects and uh, usually turn to some old populist uh, party that is already created. Interesting. And the second part of the question was, what is your opinion on the difference between Eastern and Western Europe? The difference is in a different uh, experience of people. People uh, uh, lived uh, most of their lives under regimes that uh, were responsible for basically all, all their lives from a career perspective to uh what to buy and uh, what to think. So now in the times where freedom of choice and freedom of everything is guaranteed by democracy, people start uh, to feel not uh, secure, that nobody is uh, managing things for in, uh, instead of them. And I can understand uh, these feelings because uh, sometimes it's easier to leave other people solve your issues uh, however, that's not the right way 
to live. So, so people still tend to uh, more authoritarian uh, governments here. And uh, uh, another thing that uh, is different is that we care about what is happening now in uh, Western Europe. But uh, from my experience in Western Europe, people don't really have the knowledge of what is happening in Eastern countries. They say, oh, they are some countries, they are very far, some Slovakia, never heard anything of that. It's really interesting. I'm having so many thoughts while you're talking about this, because first of all, there are so many parallels about Eastern Germany and Western Germany. Just the fact that uh, East Germany, the EGDR for a couple of decades was a completely different system than, than West Germany right now is really the cause of a big divide in the country and people who really feel very, very marginalized um, even a couple of decades after the uh, reunification um, of, of Germany, of both parts. And uh, the other part is uh, I'm really interested actually about knowing whether there is a difference from between the older generations and the younger generations, um, because that might be something where one can see a lot of potential because um, one could say, hey, the younger generations, they have access to Internet, they have access to all these resources. Um, they can they can integrate into this this westernized, this uh, this this new order, this new kind of society, which is very different from uh, the, the, the history of of. of, of of, of these countries um and do you do you see any potential in that or do you have a feeling like no it's maybe going in the other direction i think young people uh in my age and younger never never had the experience of living in uh, in uh, total uh, totalitarianism uh so they don't really know what are they against uh but uh usually when when some of their freedoms is taken like uh freedom of movement that uh, border checks appear they are very not very unhappy with that but also they hear from politicians that everything bad is the cause of european union because uh, politicians here uh use uh, the european union and european parliament as the as the arch enemy of uh, all the people. As a scapegoat, basically, right? So there are these uh, two narratives that go against each other. Uh, one is the experience and one is the, the narrative of uh, politicians. Interesting. So maybe maybe sensitization is a very important part of your work in, uh, in, in, in of your political work in general in Slovakia. And uh, that is definitely a focus which will be different from uh, Western European countries. Okay, so thank you very much for your answers, uh, Dan. You're giving us some really interesting insights. Your favorite song. All right, so now we're getting to the next part of our podcast, which is your choice for the song of the day, which will be part of our official Volturba playlist. And what is your suggestion? Yeah, my suggestion is a song from album Ostro by a Slovak indie band Folk Rap. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. But I, I still, I still don't know which one because there is so many. So I will, I will share uh, the album with you, and you can pick one. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll do that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. And now we're moving on to the last part of our podcast, which is the nomination. The nomination. Okay, so who do you nominate uh, for our next? episode i want to nominate anuk oms our general secretary nice and what question would you like us to ask her in the next episode and my question is after some months in your role how do you see foreseeable future of the movement 
yeah, that's a really interesting question. Thank you, Dan, for asking that. I'm looking forward to her answer. And that's it. With that, we've already arrived at the end of our podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for being part of this episode, Dan. And uh, we'll probably see you or we'll hopefully see you somewhere on the European level. Bye. Ahoy. That was Calling Europe, a production of Volta Global.